What's up, everyone? I made it back to California time, so I'm wide awake right now, and I'm not uh, in a hotel room just commenting on how the show goes. Apparently, though, y'all had a pretty fun episode without me and, and drank a lot of alcohol due to something called Landon Donovan's San Diego Loyal. So in honor of that, I got to have a little drink. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange of Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club. It's fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Let's bring them all on to the screen here. Um, let's start off with Mr. Brad, number one. How are you feeling, man? First, in introduced onto the show. I think that's a dream of yours, right? Yeah. Um, well, you don't need to introduce anybody else because we've peaked uh, the DJ Ray Samora and Brad show. Uh, no, I'm doing well. Uh, I had my birthday last week, and yeah, we get to talk about some soccer. Uh, oh, we get to talk about soccer. Yeah. Do we have to talk about soccer? Do we have to talk about Orange County? Soccer? I mean, I could drink just Malort instead. That that would be probably more entertaining. Uh, podcasting, and fitting just for listening how the game to went. Brad. Listening and watching Brad drink Malort, but we can't do just that. We have some other people here. It's not just Brad and Ray on this show tonight. Let's bring the guy that. Uh, oh no, we'll go to Taylor. Look at our producers. Like Dylan, you weren't working good. You weren't ready. You're last. Taylor, how are you doing? Uh, I I heard you all had a fun time uh, when you, with that whole uh, Landon Donovan San Diego loyal thing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it was it was a really fun time. I ran out of beer, had to go get another one, and I already had this one ready uh, to go because I figured we weren't up with that gig yet. Didn't anyone just tell you all you do is like turn around? Isn't there like drinks back there? You could just pour some drinks, uh, some cocktails. Yeah, I didn't want to do some vodka shots or limoncello shots. Beer before shot liquor, Ray. Or peach. You know, I, I'm good with my beer. Beer before <laughs> liquor. Oh, that that's me. I'm not a, a hard liquor person. I like my beer. I like my sours. I like that stuff. But every once in a while, I will drink a little bit I remember you enjoying that shot of Malort I gave you. That's hard liquor. Oh. Brad, 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 Brad. Um, I guess we can now bring him on. Mr. Dylan, Caroline Coalition man himself. He's drinking some lemonade, it looks like. How are you doing, Dylan? I'm good. Uh, hopefully I'm audible. You sound a lot better than you did uh, in the uh, pre-show uh, quick huddle we had. It wasn't really a huddle. It was just listening to you uh, like you were underwater. Like a Charlie Brown parent. Um, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I've got, a, got the remnants of a Marg going on here. So... Um, Nice Are we that cool that time. we can't finish the name of that drink? We have to call it a Marg. Is that, a, is that what the cool is that what the cool kids do now, Brad? They call them Margs. I mean, I have a long drink. I don't know if it shows up. There it is. So Look, I don't just call it a drink. I call it a long Ray, drink. That's the name of the drink. When you were here, drink. we finished in forty-five minutes. So I'm just trying to make sure that we stay under an hour now that you're back. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll try and do that. But that's that. <laughs> Come on, we got to go back to our normal traditions here. Um, thanks to everyone who's uh, joining us on the chats. Make sure you chat along, have fun with us. Uh, if you want to uh, critique what we've got going on here, by all means, do it, and we'll 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 take it. We're we're thick skinned here on the Orange Black Soccer Cast. Uh, we got to get into talk about Orange County Soccer Club. You know, I wasn't here last week, and y'all got to talk about a big win for Orange County. Uh, and now I'm back, and I was hoping to talk about another win for Orange County. Uh, as you all know, my prediction last week on the chats was 10-0 Orange County. We, we did have half of those goals scored. Unfortunately, three of those were from San Diego's 
uh, benefit. So instead of any kind of points, Orange County drops all three points with a 3-2 loss to San Diego, Landon Donovan's San Diego loyal. Um, let me talk to, uh, who wants to go first? Who is the most excited to talk about this match uh, out, of, out of the three of you? Jump into it. Go for it. I don't know if excitement's the right word. Um, I, I can for sure go first. I can give you my thoughts right off the bat. I thought our attacking was great. Obviously, I mean, look at Iloski up there. But I will say that our goals against came from mistakes. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily beautiful soccer on their part. Like our goals were beautiful goals. It was just them managing to capitalize on our mistakes. Um, and that's been like the tale of the season, right? It's just mistakes from Orange County have been um, pretty, pretty bad and really bad timing uh, for the most part. Um, Dylan, your thoughts on Milan Oloski sort of being the shining spot here on his team, uh, picking up the brace. He is the uh, golden boot leader as we speak for the team in last place in the Western Conference. Uh, but your thoughts on the match overall? I, I heard it was a pretty good crowd um, there at Championship Soccer Stadium. I don't know if you were there, Dylan, or not. Um, but even if you're watching on the stream, you may have seen some some seats filled there. I, unfortunately, I only got to watch bits and pieces of the match because I was trying to get home from LAX. But Dylan, your thoughts on the match? Um, I'll start with the crowd. That was a one of the bigger ones. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. Um, but I think top 10 for us the the playoff run last year was obviously uh, kind of a sellout every every game and then a few years back a game that we'd probably all like to forget since we already have so much difficulty to talk about tonight um it took a lot of sandy i mean i predicted a shootout where <laughs> no no defense just vibes just just attacking that's basically what we got um unfortunately when you're at the bottom of the table it is usually mistakes that kind of send you down because we're not like a bad team on paper. Um, the system isn't great, but it's it's almost there. And, and I think, you know, five more seconds of, of attention or five more seconds of, of luck gets you uh, maybe a draw there. Or, you know, maybe it's the other way around and, and we nab a goal that um, wasn't actually entirely undeserved. Uh, San Diego is obviously the under, other end of the tape from us. They're not in first, but second. And, um, not to echo our producer too much, but it took them 85 minutes. And we've seen much, much, much worse performances from Orange County this season. I've seen this team kind of surrender a game in 20. Um, and, and this one, they really fought to the end. Unfortunately, it is now August, so it might be a little late to be finding our sea legs, and it might be a little late to be finding our sea legs and still losing. But this is far from the worst, even if it is an incredibly frustrating one. I mean, that's the first time that San Diego's taken all three points uh, here in Orange County. So hopefully the only time as well. Uh, Brad, your thoughts on this match and um, what uh, what you saw. Do we see some of those uh, positives coming for Orange County? Maybe, like Dylan said, maybe a little bit too late in the season, but are we seeing some of those positives that we've been hoping to see since, say, you know, May, June-ish? The only positive on the team right now is uh, Milano Oski is trying his hardest with cinders on his feet to put this uh, team on the back, but he's getting thrown into the middle of uh, Lake Mead. So uh, eventually we'll find him at the bottom um, starting to decompose. Um, but if there was ever a time to bring it out, you know, and actually have a sip, I wish I had a shot glass with me right now, but um, Landon Donovan FC, Landon Donovan's San Diego loyal SCR, I really scuffed that, uh, deserves a shot of Malort. And as we continue, um, no, it's really quite embarrassing um, the way our defense has been playing recently. Um, it's really quite embarrassing that we have the golden boot leader of the whole entire league on our team. He's one goal clear first and uh, three goals clear. Yeah, I think he's at 15 right now. And uh, Haji Berry in third is at 12. So he's doing his best to carry this team. He is in a form where you could just tell how confident he is by his shot placement and where he's taking these shots. A lot of these shots he's taking are from like five, 10 feet outside of the uh, 18 yard box. And he's putting them, not just in the back of the net sometimes, but in very 
very uh, difficult places for the keeper to save. And he's the only bright spot on this team right now. Uh, Shuttler has some good saves here and there, but there's a certain back four, and particularly an Albanian, um, who is really letting us down. Uh, and I don't want to call oh. out names because this guy will squash me like a bug, and I've already... I'll be Scandi. Just say it. Just say it. Don't be you, scared. Thank you, Ray. Go for Ray, not me. Um, but really letting us down, and this defense has been collapsing, and I'm pretty sure... I, I mean, I... I can't say definitively, but I know at least one of his uh, one of his goals there, or one of the goals we allowed was Albie Skenny letting it in, and it is sadly embarrassing, uh, at least to me, that uh, Milan is in such incredible form and we can't win games. So we'll get back to Milan and and how well he's doing, um, but I want to get to Taylor and Taylor. You you were goalkeeper, so by trade. So we look at that, and, and Brad already said there was one goal. It's all on Skendi. I mean, Skendi just misplayed it defensively, and he was the last defender, so it was one-on-one with, with Shuttler. Can't expect a goalkeeper to, uh, unless they get miraculously, they can miraculously save the ball. Uh, you can't expect the goalkeeper to stop that. But the other two goals in this match were opportunities for Skendi to potentially, I'm sorry, Skendi, um, Shuttler to potentially come out and punch the ball away, grab the ball, at least get into contact. And we all know when it comes to soccer, if the goalkeeper gets just one finger on them, the ref's going to blow the whistle and, and call a foul on the uh, the opposing team. Uh, are we seeing some of uh, Shuttler's uh, inexperience or youth in goal in those moments? Is that something – do you see either of those two goals that he possibly should have came out and at least made a play on the ball or tried to punch the ball away? Or um, is, is he doing what you would do in goal in those types of situations? Yeah, all three, I kind of wouldn't have done anything the, the same. Um, the the two that he that were in like right on him, like I I feel like maybe go up for it. Maybe he was like scared to get a, a misjudgment or something. I'm not sure if it was an off day because I've seen him come out before for those kind of balls. So I'm not too sure what happened um, Saturday night for him. But those two for sure, I would expect him to get a fingertip, a punch, even an attempted catch on. Um, it's kind of disappointing to see, especially like on the second one with a header down, like he's just diving backwards, not forwards. Like there's just like technical things like, you know, to go through on. Like if you were in practice, you'd be getting nailed for. Um, the one that ended up being the 1v1, like, yeah, like you said, like that's on Skendi. That's not on Shuttler. Um, I just feel like maybe either like wait a little second longer in like in backwards or like go full throttle and set a little later, but he just kind of got caught in no man's land. In my opinion. Um, I know that some, some people, some goalies tend to go all the way out and play really aggressive. I don't play like that. I like to, I like to play uh, when it's a one v one situation. I like to play a little bit wait more of a waiting game. Wait right there, and then like it also kind of throws them off if you're like waiting in goal, not like right on your line, but you need to come out some. But he ended up in the middle, so I just I feel like this is probably one of the weaker games that we've seen from Shuttler. I've been like a, a huge fan of him going in beforehand, but this one definitely had me a little bit like, oh, was oh, you know, was that the right call? No, was this the right call? No, but. We'll see how how he goes and how he pulls back from here. But I think we might, if he keeps this up, we might see a little <laughs> return of Rakowski. I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm not like laughing or making a face at anything you're saying, Taylor. I can see the green room and who's hanging out there and someone's ready to boast and brag. He's got like the gear on. He's got the, the hat going, ready for it. Uh, so maybe we'll hold off on bringing him on so he can hear what we have to say. Um, it's his fault for being a little late. And that's Mr. Allen. Uh, you know, when, when I look at Shuttler in this match, I mean, goalkeeping is probably one of the most difficult positions to play on the pitch uh, because you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You look at the situation when Skendi totally messes things up. You know, now Shuttler has to figure out in a split second, is he going to make a full commitment? Is he going to stay back? And obviously in the situation, he sort of got caught there, tr- maybe tried to be aggressive and decided, uh, I don't know if this is going to work, so I'm going to stop. Um, and I think that's the type of situation. It's one of those things, like you said, go all in or or, or stay back, but don't exactly. hesitate because that's when you, uh, you know, I always yeah. go into other sports, right? When you go to basketball, if you get that wide open shot, but you do a, a hesitation or a pump fake a- and then try and do something and now you're taking a worse shot. It's that same situation here in the goalkeeping. Right. Um, and, but and I'm talking from the sidelines and I also don't think that this would be mistakes to pull him out from. 
I, I think he should stay in. I think he's been doing great. And I think he's been a positive overall. I just think it might've been a, a negative game for him. And, and ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is coming from a Rakowski fan. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, so it, it's not like this is a one-sided story here. And yeah, uh, Shuttler's been sort of uh, a surprise. Uh, Olaski really coming into the season, we didn't know too much about Olaski. We knew he was Brian's brother. We knew he was pretty good, but I don't think any of us expected him to be this good coming into the season. I'm going to talk to you, Dylan, about this because uh, Olaski is up for goal of the week, I believe. Um, and if not for an amazing Aiden Quinn corner into the into the net, I, I think he would be odds favorite to win this week. What are your thoughts, Dylan? I, I would hope so. Um, obviously, the team's not getting anything out of this year. So if a player in that kind of form, I mean, like if we take a look back and ignore just kind of how bad we've been as a team this season, um, his goal return is, if we have him for another year and he keeps it up at this rate, he will be the, the all-time leading scorer for the club in, in two whole seasons. Um, and he's done it in a pretty not great Orange County side. Um, he's done it with uh, very little possession. So clearly he's something special. Um, and he he doesn't need his brother as much as I think we'd all love to see the two of them linking up uh, for 90 minutes uh, each and every week. And, and I hope can he we, wins it. But... Share... This is totally non-Milan Alassi, but can we share your most recent uh, chat in the private chats here of what your thoughts are on Albie Skendy, or do you want to keep that private, Dylan? Um, maybe for the sake of having this be a family-friendly podcast, we should probably <laughs> that private. Let's just um, let me just say this. I'm just going to say this is, and I, I'm sorry, Dylan, for calling you out on this, but it's basically a comment of uh, a former defender is looking very elite with the way Skendy is playing this season. So. Imagine what former defender Dylan may be thinking in your head. It might not be the one that you think of, uh, but that's where I'll leave it there. Hey, let's bring the guy in that's been patient enough and, and hanging out and look at him. Uh, at least it's San Diego Padres hat, and it's not a San Diego Loyals hat. Um, They're franchising. I'm going to say Loyals because I'm going to say Loyals because I heard the San Diego Loyals um, on the broadcast. So that's what we're going to call him for this. It is Landon Donovan's San Diego Loyal is what this guy supports. And Alan. You weren't here last week. I don't know if you watched the episode, but every time someone said Landon Donovan's San Diego Loyal, we had to take drinks. Uh, and you weren't here, so you got to catch up. I think there was like 10 drinks during that episode. So you got to catch up. I'm not surprised. Um, how good is Milan Olaski? Like that second goal, like I know you were just talking about it, but like there's a, a replay where from the, the highlights where he takes like three defenders out of the play because. He's his fa- it's his right foot is his favorite foot, but he like fakes like he's gonna go right, so everyone's trying to protect that right hand side. And he th- this goal is just like I'm in in awe about how good this goal is. Like he takes Colin Martin out, Elijah Martin, and gets Adams to open up, and then it's just putting a beautiful shot right in between between Stoneman and Coke Vega. And like that's just talent right there. That's a guy who knows. Like he's thinking ahead already. He knows the guys are going to protect to the inside, right? So you don't let him cut back inside on the right foot. And then he just creates space for himself. He's just too good. Like you can game plan around stopping him, but he has 16 goals for a reason. Uh, super good. Um, yeah. <laughs> that move would be like a crossover, a killer crossover in basketball, right? I mean, it was, it was a legit good move. Uh, let me go to you, Brad. Um, Cause that would not have happened if not for your boy, Seth Kasipoli, being unselfish and giving the ball right back to him. It was a, a perfect play from Seth. Um, those two linking up there in that, that goal. Um, so props to Seth Kasipli, your boy. I know, you, you know, you know him from back in the Reno days. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, his involvement in that really good goal? I mean, Seth has always been an assisting uh, monster, but I mean, Milano Oski, he continues just to make, fantastic unbelievable goals there's there's really nothing else you can say the man's been on what five team of the weeks this season so far and i think two players of the weeks we can't say enough good things about him except he's being wasted on this team and it's it's, uh i just can't stop with the depression 
Uh, that's we we never can get Brad to drink a bottle of Malort, um, and he has his bottle open and ready to drink it in this episode. That's how how sad he is with the way things have been going. So, um, let me ask you, Alan, uh, on the opposite side of things, uh, how are San Diego fans feeling about that victory? Do they feel like it was um, a, a deserved victory? Do they feel like they snuck away with three points in Orange County? Um, what 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 have you been hearing from the San Diego fans? I think people are really happy with the result. Um, I, I think anytime San Diego Orange County play, it's it's a tough match, uh, regardless of form, right? We've we've pro- proven that over the past two seasons, and so coming to Orange County was a place that San Diego was like, we got to get something out of this. And I think if people were honest, they'd be happy with the draw. They would if it was two two at the end of the day. I think the San Diego fans would have been ecstatic with that to go in Orange County and get a draw. I think Orange County fans would have been equally as happy um, if if the goals were in the right order, right? If you if you come back and get two two, it feels great. Um, I think for San Diego fans, um, this is a step in the right direction. This game would have gone a different way last season. Orange County probably would have won this two one. To be frank, um, it's just that um, you know with guys like Among and Colin uh, and uh, and Conway. They're just a, a better team. They have more attacking firepower, and they play way more aggressive. No, no offense to Augustine Williams; he's a good striker, but he is nowhere near as offensively like bullying as Among is. And then you saw what Conway's speed did to Skendi. It made him have to react super fast to a ball through, um, and that's a tough position to be placed in. It was a really good turn by Among. Puts the ball in and makes Skendi make a uh, have to make a, a split section split second play and just like Alaski uh, took advantage of um, a defensive miscue and an unfortunate block, you know nine times out of ten that ball skips a different direction. It just happens to go right into Conway's path. So I think San Diego fans are ecstatic with this with this win. I think that you know maybe they feel like they 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 stole something. Um, I think Orange County played well enough to get something out of this. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, letting a defender get a wide open header on a set piece is never great. Um, and then when you're skating with those fine margins and you, uh, one mistake and, and last season loyal probably don't capitalize on that mistake. And it's a two, two uh, or two, one loss for San Diego. Um, but again, like Milan Alaski is, you can game plan for him. He's still going to find space for himself. Casipoli uh, had a pretty good game. Um, you know, Coley was 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 pretty good as well. Uh, I think Shetler gets a little bit uh, um, blamed for some stuff, but you know, two of those goals, I'm not sure he really had any hope to save those. Then the other one was, um, you know, a header down into the ground, and you got to react low, and it bounces back high. So it was kind of unfortunate for him. I think he was kind of let down. I don't think this was a great, uh, I don't think it was a bad game for him um, in, in general, but you know, San Diego fans are pretty happy. I think we can say orange uh, Phoenix, you know, San Diego Phoenix is one thing, but I think the, the real kind of on the field rivalry is, is building more with orange County just because the games are so intense and they mean so much. Uh, I think more than uh, some of the Phoenix matches, particularly down the stretch last season. And then, uh, you know, our producer put on the chats there, uh, you know, Chaplo said post game that two goals should mean a win for Orange County. Um, but that is not the case in this. Taylor, um, should this have been a win for Orange County with two goals? Or is that sort of a um, little bit uh, maybe glass half full mentality from Chaplo? I don't know. I mean, last year we probably could have said two goals at home would have been would have been a win. I think this year we can't say that. I don't remember. I think it was talked about maybe like a podcast or two ago, like the last time that we had a clean sheet. I don't remember it. I don't even remember hearing about a clean sheet from us anymore. So like we can never expect to have two and, and be a win anymore, which I think is a sad case. Um, I don't think we're going to get a back line ever sorted or comfortable for the rest of whatever we have left, uh, whether that be extremely short or a tiny bit longer, but I don't know. That back line is what we need to get sorted out. Otherwise, it will never be two goals as a win. <laughs> uh, by all means, that's perfect. Uh, let's do this. With the the match over, uh, the prediction scoreline here for all of us, I definitely did not do well last week with my 10-0 prediction. Uh, but let's see how things are going 
uh, with this match or with this game, Allen is still in the lead. I think he was in the lead last week. I wasn't here to remember if that was the case. Um, but Allen is leading 70 with 76 points, but El Patron de Grison is, is beating all of us with 90 points. Um, so Allen, you better step your game up and make sure El Patron does not come away with the victory. Logan's also there ahead of us. So we have two of the fans that are smarter than us experts when it comes to predicting scores. Allen, you don't need to put the finger quotes. We are experts. That's why we're doing a podcast. That's, that's why we're here. Right. Um, but uh, that's the way things are going. And uh, to help all of our scores out, we have to become smart about this upcoming match. Excuse me. I've already drank too many beers, so I, I just don't want to burp on air. Um, but we have an upcoming match against Colorado Springs. Um, it is a home match. And uh, it's probably going to be a difficult match again for us. Um, hmm. How is this match going to go? Who won? I... I I'm going to go to Brad. I haven't heard your voice for a while, Brad. Um, Orange County hosting Colorado Springs. Um, how confident you are of some sort of result for Orange County in this match? Well, at the beginning of the season, we traveled, like, very first game of the season, we traveled to uh, to Colorado Springs, and I don't remember how that game went. Um, pulling it up right now. I'm pretty sure a 2-1 loss. Uh and I'm pretty sure that one started off with us allowing two goals uh, before we got on the board late by uh, Inoloski. And Colorado Inoloski Springs, yep, Colorado Springs is in third on the table right now, and they are a very well balanced team. Um, I'm not too positive about this, especially with the running games we have to play. It's going to be difficult to get any points and i think this colorado springs team is just right now better than orange county just simply put um is is yeah. can, can can that comment be made for pretty much every opponent we play right brad is is just you know put a blank line there are playing better than orange county at this point i mean that's honestly what we can <sighs> no. say probably right I, I don't think we could say that just flat out because there are a lot of teams in the East that look even more pathetic than we do. But even in the West, high New York Red Bull too. Yeah, high New York Red Bull too, and Charleston Battery especially. Um, but there are a couple teams in the left, in the left, in the West that I could honestly see us beating uh, if we have the right roster playing against them. Even though they're above us in the on the standings but right now this colorado switchbacks team is not one of those teams that i'm thinking of in the so, past eight games gonna... in the past eight past eight games who has more points colorado springs or orange county i i assume you know the answer on that alan so i'm not gonna waste time with trying to guess orange county has one more point than colorado springs in their past eight matches so look at that the san diego fan is coming through saying orange county fans should actually have some hope here <laughs> Now, let me go to you, Dylan. You're going to be our scientist. You're going to play scientist right now. Um, I only do that because I think when my wife did her um, little virtual, what is it, murder mystery thing, you were uh, explorer slash scientist, right? Something like that. I thought you were like was... Indiana Dylan or something like that. Um, but as a scientist, do you think – uh, Colorado Springs having to come from the high altitude down to the low altitude in California is going to impact them in a negative way. Um, no. Simple answer from Mr. <laughs> <Hill in> there. <laughs> That's not exactly how it works. Um, Their lungs aren't used to all the like all the low pressure air or the the high pressure air down here or low pressure whatever it is, and the ocean breeze and the smog. Wow. Um, yeah, it won't physiologically. <laughs> they will probably um, suffer more from playing on on grass instead of turf than they would from coming down from 7,000 feet. Um, they've not been good as of late, but they're probably a lot more fit than Orange County. Um, and that's even without Ben Miles, who is definitely not going to make this match unfortunately um but yeah that, i mean it's kind of the bad side of you play a team that is tremendously fit from um basically being bethlehem steel uh reloaded and also playing at seven thousand feet each and every week 
which isn't great news for us because we're, you know, I mean, Daniel Peterson's not a center back and yet he's still playing back there. Albie Scandi is something <laughs> and is also playing back there. So um, he's big and tall. That's, that's, that's what we can say about Albie Scandi. That's why he plays tall. all over the pitch, right? Yeah. And, um, oh God. Yeah. I, it's to answer your question. No, they they will have the upper hand in fitness here. And unless their whole team is uh, suffering from long COVID still. All right, let's go to, let's go to Taylor. Taylor, do you have any confidence for orange County in this? And uh, what do we need to see from orange County to uh, get three points or maybe even just one point who cares? Just a result of some sort. Confidence. No, <laughs> what what do we need to do um change who we have in certain positions um <laughs> specifically that back line we have someone that can play multiple positions but they're in a position that can't play that one uh i don't know i i i have i have bad feelings about it and i think it's i think it's going to go 3-1 to the switchbacks but we're going to score first but it's still going to end up 3-1 to them so they're going to get our hopes up and let us down at the end that's what i think okay alan you seem like the only person that has some sort of uh positivity for orange county here based on what you said earlier please tell me you weren't just uh leading us on here and there there is some positivity here for orange county heading into this match well, I mean, the last two matches they played at home versus Charleston Battery, and that's one of those teams that has been um, performing worse than Orange County. It was a 3-3 draw. Uh, and then they went to Phoenix and lost 4-0. Um, so I, I think, you know, basically going back to the Milan Olaski can pretty much save any game that he plays in. Um, and Colorado Springs has given up seven goals and uh, actually seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 goals in the last four matches. Uh, that's a lot of goals to give up. Um, so I, I don't think you're going to blank Colorado Springs. So I don't think a clean sheet here, but um, I, I think Orange County has enough uh, to, if they play the way they kind of played against uh, San Diego, I think this is a 2-2 two -two draw. I guess we're already going into predictions, so let's go ahead and do this. Um, we already got Taylor's prediction. We got Alan's prediction. Let's go to Dylan. What's your prediction for this match? A 2-1. The Colorado Springs. Brad? I'm going to be very positive outlook here with the poor run of form. I know we cannot allow. Uh, I know we cannot a, allow a uh, clean sheet, so I'm going to go with the Dylan special. One one. All right. Um, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about, you know, I had a, a week off from the podcast. I've been thinking about it. I, I think I know why we've been losing so many matches this season. And it's because my predictions have been way off. I've not been doing what works for Orange County when it comes to predictions. So I'm going to go with Dylan's favorite prediction for me. Dylan, what's my prediction? He doesn't even want to say it. No, sorry, I had to find the unmute button. I believe Ray's going to guess a wonderful 5-0 victory for Colorado Springs. There we go. 5-0 victory for Colorado Springs. Uh, this should be the third match. time this season that DJ Ray Samora has picked a 5-1. to one, five to I have zero. a question. In past, in past seasons, I did that at least 50% of the time. So that is why Orange. I'm going to take full blame His for why current Orange County record is struggling is, this season. Is a loss and a draw. All right, Dylan, what's your question? Yeah. So I would actually like to know what you predicted for the last game of last season. Did you think it was going to be five nil Tampa Bay? Did we do predictions for that? I, I don't even remember. That was a lifetime ago as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it was. It, we, we, <sighs> it was a lot of drinks when, ago. That's when Orange County was good. We, we, we're now dealing with a season where we're frustrated, confused. I mean, thank God there's sad. two teams in the league or we would be the worst team in the league. But thankfully, like Red Bulls 2 exists and Luton United exists. So we're fine. And and Charleston Battery. Has Charleston, Charleston Battery, they're, Battery. The ones that had, they're the ones that had like the peace stain shirts, right? Have they been wearing those yes. this season? Yes. yes, they have. Yes. And they've been hydrated. <laughs> I, I was disappointed because... Uh, on my flight back from New York to California, 
I, I had Wi-Fi and they actually had decent Wi-Fi where I could watch Hulu slash ESPN plus. And I was watching the Charleston battery match, hoping I'd get to see uh, the, um, those wonderful kits, but they wore the other ones that are like the black with yellow stripes. Um, but it was fun to watch other games that I don't typically watch. Cause there was nothing else to watch while you're on a five hour flight. Let's do this. We've done our predictions. Let's get into some random soccer news. I, I think the big news story for any USL fan um, is going to be the run that Sacramento Republic is making in the open cup. They've made it to the final where they will face Orlando city. I think it's very um, much at this point unexpected that uh, they would make it this far or that any USL team would make it this far. Is this good for all the USL teams or are we like, eh, who cares? Uh, Alan. Um, I'm absolutely loving the Sacramento run. Um, it's been super fun to watch. Um, on the USL show, John uh, Morrissey, who everyone should know, USL Tactics, uh, actually works for Sacramento. Um, he was talking about how Sacramento has a legit shot of actually taking it to, to Orlando in Orlando. So I am all on board with that. Um, what's it called? Like the meme with the, the U- USL logo on the hat. Like I'm all on board for that. Uh, I am ready for a USL team in CONCACAF Champions League. Um, I am. I. You just have to celebrate this, right? This wildness, this the storyline of Sacramento being accepted to MLS, but then not getting the bid because uh, of an evil owner pulling out and starting a women's team in San Diego, uh, which makes it a little bit hard to root for, to be frank. Um, but the Sacramento storyline is a pretty special one, and you don't see this very often in 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 soccer in general this kind of super good underdog really and, and making to the final usually these guys go out corner finals maybe semifinals so uh, and it's also there's a history right orlando and sacramento almost played in the usl final way back in the day uh so there there is a lot of history between these two teams uh sacramento um or orlando in the usl and sacramento continuing usl so it's it's a it's a pretty fun uh, a pretty fun matchup, and I can't wait for it to happen. Anyone else want to chime in on on Sacramento's amazing run in the USL or the US Open yeah, Cup? I will do so. Um, as a Reno fan, obviously it's a little bittersweet seeing Sacramento moving so far down uh, in the competition or so far up. Um, however, as a USL fan, I think that's the more important thing. Even if it was, and I will. Uh, choke down some vomit when i say this of uh, vegas um if they were in this position i'd still would probably root for them over the uh, mls team because uh the don the soccer don is not one of the best people in the soccer community i know what a baffling statement to make dylan taylor or do you want to move on i i think it's a positive for sure i mean like we would want that support from everyone if it was us, um, you know, and I just, I think it's, I mean, I still meet people here and there that don't even know what USL is. Like if you're not involved in soccer, like to a certain extent, you're not going to get that off of like, you know, mainstream media. You have to like know people or know something or know a local team type deal. So I think it gets more exposure not to not just them, but everyone. So I think it's a positive for sure. Dylan, are you going to be cheering for Sacramento? Um, I'm cheering for both teams to lose. All right. Hopefully somehow that happens. I don't know how, but okay. Uh, any other random soccer stuff anyone wants to talk about? Oh, Dylan, raising your hand like we're in second grade. Go for it, Dylan. Oh, man. I'm just taking all these fun things. Alan suggests that both teams, if the game goes PKs and then neither team technically wins. And this is just a fun reminder that, yeah, you only advance on penalties and uh, FC Cincinnati never won a postseason match. Anyway, um, I'm really just riding off the coattails of our producer tonight, but a big shout out to Orange County. Things are going horribly on the pitch, but in the community and maybe financially with the, the sale of Kobe. Henry, um, things are trending in the right direction where uh, they've, you know, obviously, I'm not going to shout out a company because I, I refuse to do that, but um, providing a, a, a soccer league in Santa Ana is, is good. Um, obviously, the probably average socioeconomic status of a um, Santa Ana is not particularly great. So 
providing these opportunities um, that maybe students wouldn't otherwise have is is going a long way. Um, my first introduction to quite a few sports was was playing in elementary school. So it's it's good that we're kind of ushering that in. And it's good that we're ushering it in an area that that could use that help. Um, obviously, if you're putting that in Irvine or Laguna Hills and Newport Beach, it's not going to mean as much um, and won't have the same kind of impact that it would in Santa Ana. So it's good to see us representing um, maybe a little more of an underserved, under underrepresented um, group in, in Orange County. Um, I have this little like pipe dream in my head that there's going to be a kid who starts playing uh, in this little this little league as like a fourth grader, and you know, 15 years later is like in the starting eleven for Orange County somehow, and it's like this cool, you know, like goes to the academy and like we can we can truly say that we've got. Um, like a, a kid who's who's come up all the way through the club, but a legit uh, homegrown, like club grown kid. Yeah, uh, regardless if that happens or not, um, it, it's nice to see that Orange County is putting in an effort and putting in an effort outside of Irvine and outside of um, predominantly affluent areas. Because obviously, the average USL USL fan is an educated, decently affluent person, um, and a lot of a lot of players fall through the cracks uh, to get to the USL. A lot of players fall through the cracks out of USL. Um, so it would it'd be nice to maybe give some kids an opportunity and, and maybe maybe they discover the love of the sport. Maybe we discover something amazing and a, and a kid all the same. Um, but yeah, finally some, finally some good news for Orange County. And, and I'll say this because Dylan's scared, I guess, to say corporate names, but it's a partnership between Orange County and Dick Sporting Goods. Um, is how this uh, this sort of free soccer for I believe it's fourth and fifth graders in the Santa Ana area or Santa Ana school districts. Um, so good, good for that. Good for the club and and Dick Sporting Goods for putting that together. And, and it seems like the club is really trying to get some relationship building in the communities in the city of Santa Ana. Who knows? Maybe uh, in in the near or far future, that's a potential home location for Orange County Soccer Club. Um, if things don't work out uh, in Irvine at Championship Soccer Stadium. Um, anyone else? Random soccer news. I will uh, do my usual plug for women's soccer like normal. Um, the UEFA women's uh, final just happened, England-Germany, and as much as it pains me as a Scots woman to support England, I, I was going for it because, I mean, it's still, it's still a great thing. Um, we had 87,000-something. 87,000 were at the final. And I think that was like huge uh, for, for women's soccer, for women in, in general. And like there was, you know, like expect delays everywhere because of Wembley Stadium being packed. And I like I saw a tweet somewhere. It was like never in my life would I thought I would have seen that for women's soccer, like build it and we'll turn up. And I think that was just like a like a really great it had like a huge impact on me because like we've never. Like, I never experienced that, you know. It was like we would have a game before the men's soccer and we would have a couple couple hundred there and then the men's soccer would start and it was a couple thousand that were there, you know. So it was just really awesome to see. And I'm so happy that as hosts they wanted to. So I think that was really amazing. And they played some great games, some great goals, and the final was amazing to watch too. Yeah, so, so was... Taylor, you mean, you mean, Taylor, in the U.K., you don't all get along like we do here in the States? Funny, funny you would, you'd bring that up. No, just just like the states, we uh, do not all get along. No, we do. It's most of it's banter, but um, like funny. I don't I don't know if banter is a word here. Uh, is it is it a word here? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Bants. Yeah, we we banter. Yeah, I didn't want to. I want to Brit explain uh, <laughs> banter, but yeah, most of it's banter. But um, I'm happy that they they got to bring it home for themselves. Yeah, I think it was the or, largest. As Dylan, would, Dylan would call it ban. Go go uh, go, Alan! I think it was like the largest UEFA crowd, like men or women. And I think I'm not sure if it was tongue in cheek, but I think they said that they were able to sell more tickets because they didn't have to have as much security because they weren't afraid of the fans fighting each other. Like uh, that would they, that would make sense. I think it's the first one they've won since like a major tournament or something since like 1966. Yeah, yeah. And like the men, the men's world won something. I don't remember what it was because I mean now it's the women's, but. It was pretty. It was pretty awesome to watch and like just like see and be a part of even from afar. 
I think it's also a wake-up call to NWSL. These European clubs are putting a ton of resources into their women's team and broadcasting, too. Like, watching those games and making it available on ESPN+, Plus, it looked fantastic uh, versus the NWS. And, and why can't I say that? <laughs> NWSL. Because you've, you've done too many podcasts this week, Arnell, and that's why you can't say it. There's, like, a tweet that shows the different cameras in yeah. Houston – and like this is the kind of thing when you're trying to get people into a game they're exciting they're fun they're really talented sports sportsing people but when you're watching it on like a potato phone versus a high definition camera like people aren't going to get into it as much and i think this this uefa tournament really proved that it it's women's sports people will watch women's sports if it's broadcast with the same level with the same sort of investment because it's it's a it's high quality. And so I think this is a wake up call for NWSL to invest further into how they um, broadcast their games. You know, it's not on Twitch. It's on a legitimate uh, uh, streaming service. It's on, you know, national broadcasting. I think one, I think it was like a third of the England population watched this match. So like, it's just hats off to them. I know it's like awkward to hats off to UEFA that feels dirty, uh, but it, it's clear that the type of investment they're putting into the women's game is, is paying off, and, and NWSL is going to get left behind pretty quickly if they don't step up their game. Completely agree. All right. I think we can move on to just our random thoughts at this point. Um, I'm going to kick things off right here, and it's sort of soccer-related, but I'm it, it's not completely. As an Orange County supporter, on my trip, I brought a couple of my Orange County uh, kits to wear around the Poconos and New York City. And on our drive from the Poconos to New York City, we had to stop at a gas station to fill up uh, just enough gas on our tank so we could return it without running out of gas and having to push it into the rental car um, lot. But I was wearing my Orange County kit. Uh, a guy in the gas station asked me what team it was. I showed him. Um, I said, Orange County, USL. He's like, oh, yeah, I know USL. I know that team. They're the champions, right? Uh, and I said, yeah. And, and I asked what team he supports. You know, we're in New Jersey. He supports uh, Philadelphia Union, I believe is what they're called. Um, if, if I'm wrong, uh, correct me. And, and I realized, oh, yeah, they have they for the longest time they had a two team playing in the USL. So that's how you would know that if you followed. So um, it was very fun. I think I've worn that shirt around Orange County uh, quite a bit. And I've never had anyone, you know, recognize it or ask me what it was. And I'm in the middle of nowhere, New Jersey, and there's a soccer fan that recognizes the team name. So that was very interesting there. Um, let's go. Who's going to go next? Let's go to Alan. A little bit of sad news. Uh, tonight was announced uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster Vin Scully passed away. Um, say what you will about Dodgers and Dodger fans and the team, the Dodgers, uh, but Vin Scully's voice is iconic in baseball. Um, and Sorry, Dylan, did I steal yours? That's why he called on me first. Um, but Vince Scully, RAP, I believe 94 years old. Um, if you get a chance, hop on Twitter. Um, there are tons of stories going around, and some of them are really, really cool about people sharing stories about uh, Vince Scully and clips from earlier in his career, like the uh, Hammer and Hank Aaron 715th home run. So there, there's a lot of love going around uh, for a legendary Hall of Fame announcer. Sorry, Dylan. I'll, I'll say this. Anytime I, I hear Dodgers, I hear that famous it's time for Dodgers baseball from Vince Scully. Um, I actually stole that when my oldest son played T-ball for one season, he was on the Dodgers and I was the, in charge of doing the, uh, you know, calling up the players as they came up to bat. And I actually created, cause I was a DJ. I created a actual uh, video for when they took the field to start the game. And it was, it started off with Vin Gully saying Vin Scully saying, it's time for Dodgers baseball, which was really cool. So um, as an Angels fan, I still have much respect for Vince Scully. That guy was awesome. Um, you know, one of the greatest uh, sports broadcasters, announcers of all times. Uh, I mean, it's it's that's undisputed right there. Uh, let's go to Dylan. What's your uh, random thought? He's looking for um, one because his got stolen. Yeah, I, yeah I'm just going to take a crowdsourced one here. Uh, the Angels still suck. But they still have their two best players, if we can call them best players, even though they they suck still. So it could be worse, right? Orange County is doing um, poorly with relatively a group of who are they? With Albie Scandi. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, our neighbors are doing um, poorly with a group of who are they's and maybe two of the greatest players in history. <laughs> so uh, mediocrity runs clearly somewhere in the water. Um, and I think hey, it, but it was an anomaly or something. I don't know. We we do have the best goal scorer in the USL. So, I mean, we do have something that's Waste. good. And so maybe Orange County, that's that's just Orange County sports for us, right? Um, so hopefully we're not like the Angels and, and you know what, you win a championship in 2002 or whenever they won a championship and haven't won since. Hopefully that's not us. So so they won in, in I think it was 02. I was a little, little kid. Um, the Ducks won it in 07. We did it in 21. So someone do the math there. Five and then a lot. I don't know. Like three drinks in tonight. So I'm just going <laughs> to shut up. But whatever. Man, it, it really sucks to be from Orange County, doesn't it? Three drinks of your margs? I, I've had a couple margaritas and uh, oh, full a nice beer. All yeah, right, Brad, random thought. You know, I've had all this time to come up with one, and I don't. Um, I'm just going to echo what Alan said, and um, rest in peace to Vince Scully. He was a monumental person in the uh, sports world. And uh, also, you know what? I'll add one to it. Um, Bill Russell passed away, I believe, yesterday, too. Um, and I have nothing, heard nothing but amazing stories about him as well. So the sports world has lost two very incredible people over the past 48 hours. Taylor, saving the best for last. Oh, 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 oh what pressure. Uh, we went to, um, the Nit- to Nitro Circus in L.A. on Saturday. So it was like the professional motocross, BMX, skate, skateboarders, scooters, like the jumps and the re- like and doing like crazy stunts. And like it was it was like amazing to watch. Totally surreal. Um, it, it was just fantastic. I think they're around here some more. So if you if you have the opportunity to go take the kiddos and go out like it, it was a great time. Now, are, are you one of those fans that goes to that type of event hoping to see someone like crash or or you're not that type of person? Well, I mean, they were doing things in, in, in trash cans. They were going down these, like, ramps and trash cans. Uh, for Like, they call them, like, the contraptions. So they were down in trash cans and, um, like, a sofa recliner and stuff. So, I mean, they crash. They do do that. But I don't want to see any serious injuries. But, but I do want to have a laugh. And they definitely provided that as well. We did get Taylor to say doo-doo on the podcast, too. So <laughs> So uh, I want to thank all of you as always and all of our listeners that were participating in the chats. Thank you for doing so. Make sure you go visit our website, ocsepodcast.com to go and read uh, Mr. Larry El Padron de Grayson has been uh, providing some written content on there and really good written content. So make sure you go and support that, read what he's had to say about the club. Um, and his son has provided some pictures for some of that stuff as well, which is pretty awesome um, for Brad, for Dylan, for Taylor, for Alan and our producer, Andy, I'm Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hey, Dylan, we did get it at least under an hour. We didn't get 45 minutes, but under an hour, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh, God, you are-